Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides on the quest to RPG adventures. today's episode. I feel like I do say this every single week, but I am really excited to be sitting here talking to my two co-hosts because this is every single year that we have done it. This has been one of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. to record. I'm very much looking forward to sitting down and talking about this tonight. But as always, Mr. Myers, Mr. Miller, good evening, good evening, good evening. Hope that you're both doing well. It seems early to be humming and then singing happy holidays. We are recording this about two weeks ahead of when it's going to air. I got to tell you, I am excited. I love these episodes. They've always been fun. For a long time, our very first holiday episode was like in our top 10. I don't think it's there now. I think it's been out for a couple of months. We've had some other big episodes that have come up, but I love this episode because it does something that I think some of our other episodes touch on, but they don't do enough. It gives people a way to help other people in the hobby. It does it through gift giving, which is a wonderful thing. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. fun when you give something to someone, especially the gift of imagination, the gift of role play, the gift of having fun with friends and community and family. If you're so lucky to have family members that game with you, that's an amazing thing. And I love being a part of that process and I love having fun being a part of that process. And shade of selfishness, it's (laughs) one of those episodes that I can give to my wife and to my daughter and say, if you don't want to simply just give me a gift card to my local game store, the Citadel, here's an episode where you can figure out what to get me. Exactly. And anything that you find here, everybody at the Citadel will be able to help you with. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shade of selfishness. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. We are role-playing nerds and dorks and geeks and people. (laughs) So if we're making a holiday list for all of our family and friends, whatever you celebrate, to buy for us, to know what to get for us. Don't find it selfish to go ahead and help those that we love and that love us. I don't find it selfish to help them feel successful in this holiday time. We want to be able to share the love with them and letting them know what we would be interested in is a perfectly acceptable way to do this. So I find gift cards to be perfectly acceptable, but what I don't like about gift cards is this. If that's all my family gives me, they don't feel happy about giving me that. And that's they want to feel like they gave you something. Yeah. So I want them to feel as happy about the gift as yep. I feel about the gift. And that's where this kind of thing comes in. Totally. And for those of you who are listening to this, or for those of you gamers out there who are going to politely suggest to your family members and loved ones to listen to this, which we highly recommend, and a separate download is a perfectly good way to do that. We get it. We want our loved ones to be successful. 
this is a great way to do it. Right. And keep rocking that weirdness, my friend. All the best people are. But that's exactly how I do and approach the holidays now. I tell my family and friends, and so I'll now tell all of our fans too, which includes some of my family and friends. If you haven't heard this from me before, if it's not on a list that I made, and you want, but you want to pick something out for me, get me a consumable or an, ex, an experience or a gift card, bottle of wine, gift card to a restaurant, gift card to a place. But I want random stuff anymore in my life. If you're going to get me a full thing that I'm going to keep, I want it to be something that I want enough that I put it on a list. I make a list every year and I make sure my wife has access to it so that when people yep. ask, she can say, here's his Amazon. And I give it out too. Here's his Amazon yep. wish list. Yep. You can still do the picking, but that way you know yeah. you score something that is going to stay as opposed yeah, to. Absolutely. And that's what TJ's here to do. We're here to help you all have some good guests. So with that said. Why are we not sticking with tradition and rolling initiative here? I have my <laughs> rainbow colored dice, which I picked up from the Making video. It? And I am happy to. Jingle dice, jingle dice, jingle <laughs> dreaming <laughs> of a night. 20. 20. I already got it. See, Lee Winnie impressioned when he said that uh, that I would be going first because I did roll a natural 20 out of the show. Well, I was apparently prophetic, just not for myself because <laughs> I got a three. Ooh. I'm rocking that nine. So I am certain that I mentioned them last year because I'm pretty sure I've had these for more than a year now, but the folks over at Headless Hydra continue to go ahead and put out really awesome products. The first thing that I found was one inch hex magnetic tiles. You put them on a whiteboard. I would use them when we were doing actual exploration tier stuff in my home game so that you reveal the map as it's going along as your party kind of traverses through the forest or traverses through the field or whatever. They're getting the actual layout and you can set up encounters and everything like that. They have like broken down castle tiles and stuff like that. So the magnetic hex tiles are the first thing that I got from Headless Hydra, but they continue to go ahead and put out really awesome stuff. And most recently, I backed their Kickstarter because they started putting out modular dungeon room tiles. The way that they're set up is that all the rooms come in various sizes and there are like hallway connectors in between them. So it's the same kind of thing. Now you can go ahead and take it from kind of like the hex exploration kind of style down to the actual like square room dungeon crawl type style. And so I really find that their products are really high quality. They're really versatile. And the fact that you can go ahead and take those dungeons and I mean you can you've got dungeon X lay out the tiles the way that be and then take them apart lay them out and lay out B now you've got an entirely different dungeon and so for folks out there that are looking for inexpensive ways to do terrain and to do dungeon layout that is maybe a little bit nicer than just like hand drawn on a whiteboard or something like that looking for something with some detail and everything like that that you can put monsters in lay out the walls and everything like that I highly recommend pretty much the entire product line by headless hydro again particularly their magnetic hex tiles and most recently their dungeon hex tiles were excellent also. So that's going to be the first thing on my list tonight. What was their name again? Headless Hydra Press is the name of the company. And obviously we'll make sure to go ahead and put their put their link down in the show notes. But I've, I've got, hold on, I can show you here on, this isn't going to be good for the podcast because it's not video, but I can show you what I'm talking about here. No worries. I was going to try to like map tiles. Yeah. I wanted to see it. So you can see here. So as I lay out the map here, this is just on a regular whiteboard. And so as the party kind of traversed through the exploration tier, I revealed another map tile, depending on which direction that they went, because the whole concept was that they had a rough map of where they needed to go. But because of the age of the map and uh, and various other factors, the terrain and the map did not 100% agree. It gave me the opportunity to go ahead and play with some expectations and play with a variety of different things by revealing one hex at a time as they were going across. And of course, the only 
hexes that they knew were the ones that they went across and everything like that. It really provided a really interesting layer of uncertainty to the exploration tier, which I found very effective. And the rest of their stuff in their shop is fantastic also. Like I said, they've got not just the hex tiles, but they're also they're starting to do more like uh, more room tiles and stuff like that. I went to PortCon up here in Maine, not this past year, but the year before, when I was able to meet the guys from Headless Hydra. Super nice guys. It's a shop from Vermont too, so fairly local to us here in New England. Just a really great company and a really great bunch of guys and honestly, just a really enjoyable product. That's really cool. As you were talking about it, it filled my mind with images of exploring the map in like Baldur's Gate, the old yeah. D&D game yeah. where, you know, as you leave this map and move into the next one, because a lot of what I'm looking at here, high view tiles for like actual big locations like Candlekeep yep. or a whole region. So you're, yep. built, you're working on a big scale map and that's really cool. You could even set up some stuff to do like some random world generation based on shuffling tiles. And that's pretty oh, cool. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And Josh, you should really snag a picture of that and we can yeah. just start post that yep. up. And stuff. Sure, I will do that. I'll make sure to put a picture of it in the blog post that we do that's going to have all these links in them and even the links that we don't get the chance to go ahead and talk about that. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, we'll make sure to to put a picture of that in the blog post. So Yeah, I, that's exciting. I really like that. Because yeah, um, that visual helped them picture it. it between yeah. you bringing it up and me going to the website, it helped me picture it better. And sure. yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I'll so make sure and throw it in there. In response to that, I just want to say that's a wonderful thing. And I've seen very similar concepts, non-magnetic style, where you've got kind of like the flat tile basically similar to Dwarven Forge, but they're flat. Like the walls aren't as tall or very short. But the idea is you're putting those out as people walk. And there's a couple, of, there's one of the storytellers that I game with at the Citadel from time to time that he he does that all the time. And I've played in a number of his games and it's awesome. It's, so you can see this far and he'll just drop tiles that far down the hallway that you can see. And then like you turn the corner and then he'll drop the tiles around the corner. And then there's two entrances. You have to open the door yep. before you see what's in that room. And then all of a sudden it's 50 by 50 room and you see yep. the dragon. That got uh, me most like, excited about their new dungeon tiles. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what got me so excited about their dungeon tiles. That's now what you can go ahead and do. It used to be yeah, you'd have to go ahead and lay out the entirety of the dungeon and then use like white paper or something like that to go ahead and cover up the pieces that people couldn't see. So yeah. now consider... But they still know they're there. They still know that there's something there. Now they don't have any idea what's there. If you're using like either like either skinny minis or even I have an entire set of like flat, like two-dimensional monster minis and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And that are also magnetic. And so now you can drop entire rooms with their magnetic creatures on them and everything like that. And everything's right there. So it's really, oh, awesome. uh, it's really great. That sounds great. Yeah. All right, Lewinica. I'm going to jump right into cards and I'm going to also say, as I'm done talking about the types of cards or the cards that I'm talking about, I know Josh, you had some cards and I don't know if you had any cards on your list or not, Glenn, but feel free to chime in with the specific cards that you guys have brought to the table tonight. But I really liked cards. I have to tell you, as a player, when I first started playing 5e, it was a lot to consume and I didn't want to miss things. I was really focused, probably more so than you need to be, on am I a good player? That's my thing. And I don't think anybody needs to be focused that much on that. And certainly not to the extent that I was. That's just my personality. In this one instance, don't be me. But what I can say really helped me feel comfortable with the, and be more going as I role played in 5e when I was getting started was the cards. When I first decided to play a spellcaster, I bought the spell cards that went with that. So I believe my first spellcaster was a sorcerer. So I bought the magic user card set that we put out at the time. Fantastic. Really good information. If I had a question about a spell, I could literally hand it to another player and say, please explain this. Or if the DM had a question about how an effect worked, I could literally hand him the card 
don't have to tell him to go to a page or suggest a page. I can literally hand him the card and show him what I was looking at. It allowed me to really navigate my characters. I would pull all the cards for the spells I had prepared for the day, and I was good to roll for that scenario. It's a very good thing. So I love those cards, but there are tons of cards put out by WotC for the 5e. There's other cards that are 5e based that are there. So I really wanted to talk about some of those other cards. There's three sets. One is Fates and Fortunes, which is a 5e based card set. And then the other is the Treacherous Traps deck. There's a, it's a 50 card deck where you've got different kinds of traps that, that you can get into. And then the one that I was really excited by Nord Games, fifth edition deck of cards that was based on critical hits. And this particular deck, and it's under $20, that critical hits deck allows you as a storyteller to have different effects for critical hits. So me, it's a critical hit. You pull a card, you read what happens there, and that gives you some neat effects. Now, that's a lot better than a standard critical hit that just doubles the damage. It gives you a little bit more narrative weight, a little bit more excitement to your adventures, possibly some better description if you're not using something like Describe or something like that. I thought those were really neat. Mix it up. It's a great addition to the game that I think would be very useful. It is probably something I'm going to be looking at getting after the uh, I'm not allowed to buy things moratorium ends (laughs) about now till my birthday in january January, i'm not allowed to buy things if i don't have it at the end of that time i will be buying that card that particular i'm really glad that you brought these up because for a couple of reasons one they have critical decks for both storytellers and for players and so it's really nice that they're thinking about both sides of the table on that but beyond that not only do they have critical success decks they also have a critical failure deck which that's is deliciously narratively awesome so well done yeah see i got into the card some when i was just getting back into storytelling in person and you were in that game in fact lee when yep. you and quentin and my dad the last last game we got to play with senior and trish picked up the spell cards for the bard and those were fantastic yep. and then nate was interested in because he and some friends at his D club in school would take the deck of monsters Yep. And they do random picks and fight. And that was like part of what they did in game club after school sometimes. So we wound up getting him the full decks of monsters, which I found tremendously useful running a game in person to be able to just pull the card and have it at the table instead of having to spend the ink and the paper to print a stat block or to always have it on have it on the screen in the laptop just to have for each encounter. I got a stack of cards that are right here ready to go that I can spread out. It was super handy. And all shapes and sizes cards can be a great addition to the game. Yeah. The only caution I would give to our audience out there is, while Watsi had a brilliant idea in getting these cards, he stopped making them at a certain point. I believe Xanathar's was the last set of cards that they did. So yeah. all the books after Xanathar's do not have cards that go with them. Yeah. That's and they're a tragedy. super expensive now and super hard to get now, too. Yeah, Yeah. That's a tragedy because... Those cards were brilliant. It was probably one of the single best things that Watsi did with 5e as far as helping people learn the game. And I think it's a critical miss by Hasbro as far as what they need to keep doing. I think they need to do new versions of the cards. They're not going to. We know where we are for a time frame on the life cycle of 5e. So they're not going to. But I hope that they decide to do this with 1d. And if it is the evergreen that they've told us it will be, then they never stop updating the cards as the game grows. All right, Glenn. I think that we are up to you, sir. All right. I'm going to go bigger, go home. 
And I started my list. I started working on my list from the perspective of, all right, I want something storyteller specific, but I want some stuff for players too. And then I'm like, okay, there's two ways this game is played, digital and in real life. So I'm going to start with my storyteller digital gift bundle, which has (laughs) to try to help accomplish the same goal, like a high-end price tag item and a lower price tag item to try to help our viewers out. One of them is in the digital space as a storyteller, real estate on your screens is huge. Trying to figure out how to keep your D&D Beyond open, whatever you're using for your video, if you're not running it through your VTT, like if you're not using Roll20's cameras, if you're using Discord or Zoom or anything else so that you can see your players' faces and reactions. You got to have them up too, right? And then you've got your actual VTT itself, which takes up a whole screen so you can see the battles you're laying out. You still got to be able to see your encounters though. So now you're alt-tabbing and switching windows and it can be maddening. Sometimes I try to bring in paper notes to, to the table too, but one of the things I ran across recently, I was, and this was actually, I was exploring computing options on the roads to get me multiple monitors, even though I'm not going to have a full desk setup anymore. And I got to say that running across some of these, and I haven't used any of these, so I can't guarantee any brands over any others. And you should always check specs to make sure they'll work with your laptop or the laptop of the person you're buying it for. But effectively, this is a portable fold-up dual monitor Mm -hmm. system that once you fold it out, slips and fits over your laptop screen in the center, giving you a triple display on a laptop, mobile, anywhere you want to go. So at home on my desk right now, trying to run a game, I do use a laptop as my main system because a lot of the things that I do are mobile, but I have a second monitor slaved to it. But if I had that hotness, I'd have three screens set up to be able to spread this stuff out. And they look gorgeous. I would imagine you need to be careful with them because the framework's going to have to be solid, but literally they fold completely flat and they Mm -hmm. adjust like the one that I personally would like adjust to fit a 15 to a 17 inch laptop because I've got a 17 inch laptop. I'm like, where am I going to find one big enough for mine? And they look glorious. Yeah. Now this is a high dollar item. You're looking at somewhere in the hundreds to possibly over a thousand, depending on the the quality and the and the make that you're going for. But I got to tell you, being able to have the VTT front and center and have all the peripheral information off to the right and the left while I'm trying to run the game. Mm, 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 mm. Yep. Triple star, double hint to anybody who's thinking about spending a lot of money on me <laughs> this holiday season. 17-inch laptop, triple monitor system. Yep. That is hot. I have a similar thing for my laptop. It is not that nice, but I will say that mine is only one screen and it's not as big as my laptop screen. And even that is super useful, highly sought after, highly recommended. Love it. So the triple screen there is giving me heart palpitations, Glenn. That's a really, that's a nice pick. So I, I got very used to using two screens at work. And then in all the rigs that I've had set up for the last couple of years, I've had two screens. But my current day job has me with a triple setup. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nice. uh, Now imagine those two just attached to it so you could be sitting at Denny's. Yeah. And that's, and I've been actually eyeballing that for a while to go with the TTJ screen because for my home computing and for t- tabletop journeys, I actually use the monitor and then my, and then the laptop and a 47 inch 
TV screen as my monitor. I ultimately would like a setup where I could have two big screen TVs as my setup, but something like that would be nice. So if I'm sitting at home, I could have that set up. And the main reason why I like doing that is so I could have watch a movie or have something background noise-ish on one screen that was big enough for me to watch. And then I could do the work, but then for games, exactly what you said, to be able to have the people you're talking to in the center screen, to have your VTT map on the left screen, and then have all your character information, the encounter you're running, so you're not flipping screen to screen, be great. From an editing standpoint of the podcast, for all of our podcasters that listen to the show, to being able to edit and be able to look at other pieces of information or work on your ideas, just even from the writing perspective, as we've been working on our Kickstarter, writing and having to look up some rules or get that language so we're following the Watsi style guide or what have you is a thing. Being yep. able to have yep. that real estate so it's easily done is a time saver. If I only and save- portable. And portable. If I say, because now I can take this with me on the go. If we, it's if crucial we, for Trish and I, which is part of how I discovered it, because yeah. our house is under contract. And like in a month or so, we might actually be shopping for our RV. So yeah. I got it, got it. That's how I ran across it. But at a certain point, there's going to be places we're going to go. We're going to be at EllisCon in mm-hmm. less than a week's time, actually a week before this episode airs. And I, what I can tell you is it'll be nice to be able to go there and have that set up at a table i can put it off to the side my players are in front of me but now i've got everything i need off to the side and i'm gonna have my laptop with me anyway but to have (laughs) that real estate and my laptop with me awesome so glenn's not the only one at tgj that could seriously benefit from this thing now check this out (laughs) imagine you're playing with this setup as a, at an in-person game and you because i use my laptop for that now too because i still run everything on d and beyond because it's so much easier though we have plenty there are plenty of other games out there besides D, but that's what i've been playing most that's also my game master screen yep it's already going to block really off everything helpful. i got going off for the other end of the table and they're angleable yeah. but for the budget end i do have because again i bundled a couple of times a second option if you know you're looking to help your storyteller friend or loved one with their screen space, but this is a little bit out of, out of reach because everybody's on a budget. You could also go with something as simple as a tablet. Now, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily think of this, but I'm going to credit Patreon in front of the show and friend of mine, Marty, for this because he actually mentioned this during a game he was running for me the other day, that to help with his screen space issues, he uses his tablet on the side with the mobile app for D&D Beyond because it supports a full party screen that gives you all of your party information for the people set up in your campaign. So it's another screen, but on a little prop stand over to the side, it's one more way to bring another bit of real estate that's quick and easy access like right there in front of you so i may or may not add that to my portable setup too because you don't always need the big computer sometimes the smaller computing power Mm -hmm. is all it takes to give you that edge i've used some lower tech options of a party screen i actually got the pdf version that was through D&D Beyond years ago. And I used to utilize that a lot. And I used to keep it on my Kindle when I gamed in person or even when I was gaming VTT. And that way I'd have it. It was an easier way. So not every other question wasn't, what's your AC again? <laughs> Does that actually hit you again? But those are those little things. They're time savers. And quite honestly, going to blow up a little of the magic behind the act here for you. Storytellers are people, and we just we need to know the information in order to run the game well. But anytime we can make it seem like, oh, we just knew that, it does make us look a little better. It's not a necessary thing, 
but it's a fun thing. And if it helps the game run more smoothly and helps not break that suspension of disbelief and not break those great scenes, those epic scenes, then right. you're mm-hmm. really, you're firing on, on a, at a different level. You're playing the game at a different level. It's that yeah, flourish sure. in the sleight of hand yeah. that covers up the mechanics behind it. Absolutely. When you can, when you can pull that off and make mm-hmm. it seem like you're just that slick. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right. gentlemen. Round two. Do I get to roll the set advantage because I rolled a 20 last time? You do? No. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? We do disadvantage <laughs> if you roll a one, right? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. 14. E Weven. Uh, even at advantage, I only rolled a seven. The Mr. Myers, that's it's your shot. Nice. I'm going to go with the one that I just ordered because I already teasered it. So why not? <laughs> and I'm super excited about it. Yep. So for this one, I'm going to credit friend of the show and Patreon Fiona. She and Steve came over to play some games with us. Lee Winicky, you and Melissa came over this night too, but they got here yeah. early and they brought some quick, because they're big game people, they brought some quick, fun games to try. And one of them was the absolute best. Have either of you ever played Dungeons and Dragons Rock Paper Wizard? <laughs> I have not. No, but that sounds amazing. Please tell me more. Rock Paper Wizard is a card game based off of D&D's spells. So it's got things like Counterspell, and it's got Fireball, and it's got Wall of Force. And each one of them has a hand gesture for the somatic component that when you're casting your spell that you're choosing to cast that round in this magic duel, that basically that's how you play the game, just like Rock, Paper, Scissors. You, draw, you, you have a handful of spells, and it's telling you what hand gesture to make to represent it. And when the game goes off like rock, paper, scissors, you shoot your spell. And then they translate and damage is done and dealt. And I'm hoping it gets here in time for me to bring it to Ellicon so we can play it. That's why I That's ordered fantastic. it. Fantastic. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, this I, is, I see here there's even an expansion game for it. Yeah. yeah for, there for, is. Fistful of Monsters, which, again, this is such a great nod to the <laughs> to Fistful of Dollars. That's, that's, like, that's great. But we had a blast easy to learn everyone from myself down to my son had an amazing time laughter hilarity highly recommend player storyteller anyone price points pretty key too it comes in only like 26 bucks 16 for the expansion on amazon but i bet you can find it in your local game store we'll talk about that regularly as we go yeah absolutely Uh, but yeah so much fun that's nice Uh, excellent nicely done nicely done all right, Mr. Miller. I want to take us back to the core of the game and talk core rules. I'm not a hit ex- exclusively Watsy because this actually covers any game you're playing. If you're re- buying for a player and they are interested in a new game, or you as a DM and they're a friend, a, a close friend in the group, and you are in a gift giving capacity with them anyway, this is something you could do. Think about buying them the core rules. If you want to run the game, and you've got a good friend that you would like to be in that game, that's a great holiday gift because now they have the rules to go with the game you wish to run. Or if you have, if you know your, your loved one is going to be playing at the local store and is interested in a game, but they haven't really gotten it yet, or they talk about something that they haven't been able to get into, the core rules work. So thinking about things like even older games like Starfinder, it's been out for a while. 
there can't be deals that it can be found. If you're talking digitally, who knows? Maybe they'll get a humble bundle sometime soon. But you can buy them that core rule set, and that would be something. So maybe a core rule book and then one of the newer books that has the new hotness would be a good thing to do. Looking at Modiphius and the Star Trek Adventures game, that's been out for several years. There are a couple different iterations to go with. You could go with the original core rules or you could go with the starter rules. Those are good ways to go. And then they've got new books like Utopian Planitia, which just came out. Looking at Ian Watsy, bringing it back to the old standby, you've got their core rule pack, which comes with the player's handbook, the DMG, and the monster guide. That's perfect for storytellers and DMs. However, the player's version of that might be the player's handbook bundle that they have. Generally, bundle like this is only available online, but it's a great bundle. It's a player's handbook. It comes with a bunch of dice that go with the game. And then it comes with some other accessories and neat things that'll be helpful for a player to enjoy the game with. So I like the idea of buying a core bundle. It's like in my family growing up, we always had everybody got like one big present and then a bunch of smaller presents to go under the tree. Right. It wasn't like big, huge thing, big ticket item after big ticket item. Everybody got one signature gift and a bundle works really well for that. That's the kind of thing that my family would do. They would get you a book set. I remember distinctly getting all nine Dragonlance novels when they came out. I had actually read the first three, but as a Christmas present one year, I got all nine of the first nine books. And that was wonderful for me. Glenn was the first person I saw with that core bundles. When I went over to his house for that game that he mentioned earlier tonight, I remember he took that out. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. If you have the commitment to get back into storytelling D&D at the no- latest edition, it was a handy price point to buy it all at once like that. Yep, exactly. Now, I've had each of the books individually in that same core bundle myself, but my son also plays, and he's now start storytelling a lot more. So something like that, somebody wants to throw me that nice hot box set with that cool cover, that nice, and all the nice things that come with it, including a really cool uh, DM screen, yep. those work. So core, core bundles for whatever your game of choice is works really well. On the player side, the core player's book and whatever goes with them. If we were talking riffs, we would say, what kind of character are you playing? I'm going to play somebody from Northern Gun. The core book and the Northern Gun book that player would be using for their character class would be a great bundle for them. So you can make your own bundles at your local flagship stores. Sometimes they have some of these things already pre-put together. And honestly, your local flagship store, they're going to love to help you out with it. If you say, hey, I heard on Tabletop Journeys, I want to uh, get a core bundle. My my loved one plays game X. I guarantee you that store flagship is going to help you put together a nice bundle. We'll get you the right dice. We'll get you the right one or two books or three books that you need to really help that player shine supporting the bundle thing with the fact that I actually have a fully complete ready-to-go Deadlands bundle that I bought in pieces. It doesn't have to be something that Watsi makes. All at the Citadel in Groton, my local gaming store, for both books, the Marshall's Handbook and the Player's Guide, a box of deluxe poker chips and cards, because you need those for the game as Mm -hmm. well, and a large canvas dice bag to hold the Fate Chips for the drawing for an in-person game and this would make a fantastic gift in fact at some point we're going to be giving it away foreshadowing 
foreshadow. <laughs> yeah. I thought about proclaiming when, but I don't want to proclaim something mm-hmm. and then we don't. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we are coming up very quickly on 20,000 downloads. We'll, we will hit 20,000 downloads like within the first week of the new year. Maybe, uh, maybe that would be uh, maybe something that. for that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But. Unless you share this with a whole bunch of your friends. If everybody listening to this podcast shares it with a bunch of their friends, we might hit that a little earlier, but they got to do might that hit for it like early. every it's week. True. Yeah. I, I would, while I'm gone on paternity leave, I would love to have us hit 20,000 downloads. That would be, uh, that would be an amazing uh, present to share with my new child soon. So on that challenge, if we hit 20,000 listens before the end of the year, we'll give a few things away. I would think we'll do a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not sure why you said that after I said that I'm having a child, but that, that's not for, that's not, we're not giving that away. That's like, no, no, we're giving yeah. a bit of child. My apologies. I was staying on the, I was staying on the numbers as opposed to the birth at this point. <laughs> Luanika, earlier in the show and like before the show, you were talking about dice and how much we as gamers, and you have seen my dice collection. My dice collection is epic and enormous. And I can tell you right now, I know exactly what the next thing that's going to be added to my dice collection is going to be. Basically, it is a set of dice that's made by Black Knight Printing, and they're on Etsy. And it is a set of dice that is made to look like the teeth and the mandible of a dragon skull. And you can take the teeth out of the skull, and those are the dice that you can roll. And this set... Now, first of all, Black Knight has done a bunch of really cool things. They have a very kind of pirate island skull dice tower that's also really hot but these dragon teeth dice sets and again you want to talk about price point $25 for a highly stylized really visually interesting set of dice as like a conversation piece collector's item kind of thing is not bad at all for a really nice present for someone and Those they are, are wicked absolutely cool. yeah they're yeah. wicked cool and they are definitely going to be in in my shopping list very soon as a present to myself because uh, unlike Lewanika I have no restriction I can go ahead and buy myself presents all the time so I have I will certainly uh, be Lucky. looking at that but <laughs> this tower's a lot of but, fun uh, too. That, that's uh, a, that would also be yeah. a good buy. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're both great. And they look like they're built really well and they're just really, vi- they're constructed really well. As somebody who's done some 3D printing before, I can tell you that it looks really neat and clean. The lines are really good and everything. And I just love like the creativity of the concept too. Like the whole, like the dragon mandible with the removable teeth. That's just such an interesting visual, not just because of obviously Dungeons and Dragons and how important the dragons are, but also with House of the Dragon with Game of Thrones going on right now and everything. And right. dragons are just so hot. This is such an excellent accessory to bring to the table. I'm really, I saw this on Twitter a while ago and didn't jump on it at the time. And so I was very, very happy to go ahead and find it again as I was poking around uh, Etsy this morning, trying to go ahead and to put together my list uh, for tonight's show. I was really happy to find it again and definitely save it the link so, that I, so I wouldn't lose it. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, definitely going to be grabbing this. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's this set or another one, dice are a go-to and easy gift because there are so many dice goblins out there. But at this oh, yeah. point, it's so much cooler because this is probably one of the neatest sets that i've seen that you just brought us to but there are so many people making custom dice out there now from hollow dice to dice that roll on odd size to there's a set of caltrip dice as if they weren't bad enough to step on already yeah Um, yeah. (laughs) there's so many options that you could go to find something that's gonna i actually saw i think it was lego d4s was a meme that i saw recently oh god (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) that's like putting a bag of holding inside a bag of holding like exactly should never be done yeah yeah, don't cross the streams don't put a holding and for god's sake don't make a lego d4 
<laughs> Although I am very much looking forward to the new Lego Dungeons and Dragons sets. I think that those are going to be yes. hot. I, I'm very I'm interested sure to go ahead and see how that's going to shape out and everything like that. But I'm very interested to see what's going to be in there. Because those in D&D have been like a natural combination for a long time, but not in an official way like this. And so I'm interested to see how this is going to work. Yeah, I was initially I reacting from the perspective of a parent stepping one on one in the dark. Sorry, Lee. Oh, yeah. totally. Oh, yeah. No, I'm totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. I have never met a Lego set that I didn't wish I had either the money and or the space for. So, that said, there's nothing about that combination that we've just been talking about that doesn't scream, Leonika wants to buy this. Whether or not he will or can, that's a separate issue. But the fact remains, that's going to be cool. That's going to be a good set. All right, gentlemen. I think we are up to round three. So Let's get it, get it. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, it hit underneath the thing. <laughs> Two. I don't 15. think I'm That's a ten for me. So, Leonika, you get to go first. All right. So looking at my list, I want to talk about, go back to storytellers and the things that are going to help them put out great games. And I've got a ton of different things. So I'm going to go lightning speed over a lot of them, but it really comes down to one thing, terrain and scattered terrain. I'm a big fan of the Paizo flip mats. They work wonderful for my in-person games. I've loaned them out to other storytellers that have needed. My son uses them for his games at his school. Glenn's looked at them and borrowed them a couple times as well. It's a I even bought one. Yeah, he, he, I love my Chessex mat, and I still use it, but I love the Paizo flip mats. And what I can't say about the Paizo flip mats is they're very good, but one of the things that I think really helped amp up my game before pandemic when we were playing in person all of the time exclusively was when I was able to add scatter terrain. So if you have the tavern, but you put down tables, over the pictures of the tables on the Paizo mat, and then you put the chairs in, and then you put in the bar, and then you put in the different the barrels of mead or what have you, and then you put in all the player characters, you get to see how crowded a tavern actually is at the scale that we're talking about. It really helps the involvement and the engagement for the players to see it. It's wonderful when you start putting in that scattered terrain there. That's just in an in internal environment. Now, if you're talking in a huge, in a cave system or in a dungeon, you start adding boulders or little gemstones, or if you want to even throw down a little fake coinage for money to be the dragon's hoard, and then you put your dragon mini on top of that. Those are all wonderful things. So when uh, what I would say is a great gift is any kind of terrain, scattered terrain. If, you're, if your loved one that you're buying a gift for has a 3D printer, Perhaps buying them some SDLs for other scattered terrain that they may not already have. Find out, make sure you do your due diligence. Make sure you're getting them files that work with the type of setup they have. But because I'm not a 3D printer, but I have worked with enough of them to know that you got to get the right kind of thing so they know what they're doing with it and they can do, build it quickly without wasting a lot of resources or wrecking their machine. So those things work. But for those of us who do not have the 3D printers and are looking for nice things, I like their little uh, fire markers. They actually look somewhat translucent, but they're red and orange and yellow. And you have fire and they've got some of them that have fire and then like cloud, a smoke cloud. So you can drop these at different places on your map. So the building's now on fire type of thing. Some color, for, color form style effects that stick down on anything gloss that you can use for an in-game kind of prop thing like that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just wanted to throw in there real quick because I'm not going to have time to get to it, I, I'm suspecting. Because I actually, for terrain, picked up a box of just 
lots of these dungeon dandy dungeon tiles reincarnated the city pack and the amount of tiles that are double-sided for infinite combinations that you can make for 20 bucks is Mm -hmm. insane it is a huge great value it was an awesome purchase i don't need a bunch of them i just needed the city one but i've got dungeons and forests yeah I've got a yep. similar one from Dungeon Craft. It was a thousand distinct tiles that are all double-sided. It's got forests, it's got cities, it's got dungeons, it's got... Th- the amount of versatility is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're great for uh, random encounters. If I go someplace and the play, uh, uh, and I'm running a game and I've got... I brought my flip mats that I want for that scenario because I have flip mats that take up several sections of my bookshelf. That's how many flip mats I have. Mm-hmm. I don't take them all with me anywhere. I take the ones that I plan for. Right, 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 and maybe some other ones. They might do this. So I'll bring that along with me. But if my players then say, "Oh, we're going to go here," that's where those flip cards really come in because now I get I can really rapidly build something very quickly. Now, fortunately, some game stores have stuff that's community use. My flagship store does. They have a lot of community use scattered terrain. So I bring the maps. I use their terrain, but I also augment with things that I that are cool. So the last time I ran an in-person game. There's a fire scenario, and I just put down the little fire things. And that worked out really well. Some of the stuff I built, I took old dice containers where you buy dice and they come in the little boxes. Mm-hmm. I've actually taken some paints and some colors and drawn things on them and cut the actual plastic to look like fires. And Or I've super glued pieces of that stuff together. So I've made, I made like a little cage of fire kind of thing just by... Mixing matching terrain. So there's lots of neat things that can be done, but there's lots of terrain that's out there. And a lot of the stuff is pretty low cost for a set or two. The fire sets that I'm looking at are all under $15. A couple of them are even under $10. They work really well. Speaking of those coins I was talking about, they're a lot bigger. They can be used as inspiration tokens, or you could use them, as I said, in the Dragon Horde concept. Those can be a little bit more expensive, but you're getting a lot more and a nice little leather pouch which you can use for dice when you're done. So those types of things. Glenn, very similar to the uh, coins that you used to give out for inspiration, or kind of, kind of that concept there. I bought. I basically just bought something that looked like some kind of weird doubloon pirate coin, a bag of them, and that's what I gave, handed out in person yep. for inspiration. That's, that's exactly what we're looking at here. And then the other thing I would mention is skinny minis. Now, I actually mm. have been specifically looking at Arknight. Their flat minis work. Most of those set very specific to the genre that you get. So again, find out what your loved one is looking at, that storyteller is kind of trying to build on, and then you can get the thing that goes with what they're doing. All of those are around 20 bucks. A couple of them might be a little bit more. The other thing that I looked at is this subscription service. There is a great subscription service, one that I'm actually just just about to pull the trigger on my next paycheck, which is a skinny mini subscription. And you can start with, it starts with a pack and then every month you get a pack of skinny minis that come with it, various types and such like that. And then it gives you discounts on their various bundles. So I'm running a zombie game, a modern zombie game. So my goal is to get some skeletons and zombies. And those are the ones I'll be purchasing and take whatever stuff comes on when it comes on because I can use that in my in other games I play. But uh, skinny minis are a great low cost option to for a storyteller to field big battles because minis can be expensive. They can get very expensive in a hurry. With the skinny mini subscription, we're looking at one month, $17 plus whatever shipping and handling a month for that skinny mini bundle. That's not bad. <laughs> That's pretty hot for something that, a month. So $17 a month, 
you're going to get yep. that. So that's the kind of thing that's out there that'll really help storytellers. So consider buying a year's worth of subscription or at least several months worth of subscription for a loved one. Those are great gifts that, that, that keep giving. So they get that nice reminder every month. Oh, this is so cool. I'm so glad you did this. I'm using this or what have you. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of subscription boxes. I've been a long time subscriber to uh, to Critical Dice, which is it's a nice dice subscription. You get two sets of dice every month, which is awesome, and a lot of times get some extras in there. But also a Dungeon Crate, which has I've been a long time subscriber for. So great stuff. A lot of the swag that we put into our gift bundles and everything come from Dungeon Crate, and so that's a that's another fantastic one. Yeah, all for the subscription bottles and Skinny Minis are fantastic. I know Dungeon in a Box has done Skinny Minis for a really long time. They've done a bunch of successful Skinny Mini Kickstarters. One of which I'm waiting to go ahead and get any day now so that's very exciting so yeah good call on that stuff all right so moving on from our discussion of stuff to the table i'm once again going to dive into a little bit of frivolous fun for the loved one in your life who is a fan of TTRPGs. We have from time to time given Hasbro kind of a hard time for the way that they handle the Dungeons and Dragons ethos and everything like that. Wizards of the Coast is super successful, but does Hasbro know how to handle it? Blah, 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 blah. Can I say that Hasbro, who owns both Wizards of the Coast and the Transformers IP, has come up with the best crossover ever of those two IPs. So they have put out, and they are not quite available yet, they're coming out very shortly, but they have put out four D20 Transformers that turn into creatures. They're all branded for the Honor Among Thieves movie that's coming out for Dungeons and Dragons. They have a red dragon and a black dragon, they have an owlbear, and they have a beholder. Four of them, and they're big too. They're like, the dice are like three or four inches big, the minis are big, They're but so they are usable at your table, they are usable everything like that and they're again they're in that price range of like just under $15 right they're not gonna be available until March which is a bummer but that's so they're not quite gonna be available for Christmas but you can pre-order them now and I am absolutely going to do that you can pre-order them from a variety of different places here but super stinking awesome they're called the Hasbro Dungeon Dragons Dicelings is what they're called and they are just when I saw Wizards of the Coast plus Transformers my little like youthful child of the 80s heart exploded just a little bit in my chest when I saw those. Yeah, super cool. And bummed that they're not going to be here till March, but what are you going to do? Those are stinking amazing. Those are <clears throat> It's so great. I would honestly question whether or not they're actually rollable that after they wrap that all of that up that they can tell me that it's actually balanced, but whatever, man. Those are I, I don't care if it's balanced or not. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. That, I, I, I've bought worse balanced dice, I can guarantee it. <laughs> I can't believe that one dragon fits inside there once it folds up though. That one know, is right? the most like crazy. The owl bear yeah. is really cool too. Yep. These are badass. Cool. Yeah, they're totally badass. Like, I want the and, full set. Anybody listening that buys for me? Yep. Yep. And I love how with the dragons, how like the body of the dice becomes the wings. And so it just kind of, they just kind of like fold out. Oh, it's, it's just, but again, thank you Hasbro for realizing that you have two of the best nerd IPs in hand between Transformers and Wizards of the Coast and then thinking, what can we do with these? And putting them together. That's a good Brilliant mashup. Idea. Brilliant idea from Hasbro. Brilliant. Yep. All right, Glenn. I think it's up to you. Okay. Next. What do you got? I opened with my Storyteller Digital bundle and we've covered a lot of stuff for storytellers in real life so i'm not going to try to bring that one in because i know we're gonna we're gonna run out of time before i get to everything on my list but i want to bring what i had for the players out and i'm going to go digital again though i have some in real life suggestions that i'll try to work in if i get one more round or if we have a lightning round but players in the digital space because that is the largest play space at the moment i've got 
two options for you, both of which have a varying price point. So it covers my original theory of high price point, low price point. Because if mm-hmm. you wanted to do both, you could make one of them at the high end and one of them at the low end, all right? So it kind of covers the gambit. My first one is buy your loved one, your player, a custom character portrait from one of the many, many artists that are advertising for this in almost every D&D community online. Because the work that you see when you go and look at these people's art is amazing, and they work with you on your character concept, what they're like, what they look like. Just like if we were doing art for a book, they'll send you roughed out sketches first so that you can talk about changes until you get it just the way you want. So they'll work with your loved one to create this work of art that represents their favorite character. And that is something they will treasure forever. And there are a lot of options out there. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know for sure Morgan Winter, who was the artist for our latest book, absolutely does character art. But let's not forget Zoe Pumpkinhead also, who has has done art for us in a variety of different applications. They're both available on Twitter. We'll make sure to go ahead and put their Twitter handles in our show notes here so you can hit them up. But uh, definitely, absolutely love doing character art. In fact, if it's okay with my co-host, and if not, if it's not, then y'all can simply cut this because you do the editing. I would like to challenge, not challenge, but put out a general call for artists who do work like that. If you listen to this podcast episode and you want to put in the comments on this podcast episode on our website, your link for people, throw it on there so that people have more options and more styles of art to choose from. And maybe it'll get you a nice little extra Christmas bonus as well. And by all means, hit us up on Twitter. We have a large Twitter community. And we're more accurately, we are part of an exceptionally large Twitter community. So if you do our artwork or you do commissions, you're open for commissions, let us know. We know a lot of podcasters and content creators who are looking for good artists to help them out. Tons of players are out there that have characters that are looking to have depictions of their characters. I play in a play-by-post, and that was one of the call-outs. We had a, a new player just joined the game, and our storyteller likes to make sure tokens get made so he asked all his players send me kind of a picture of what you think your character would look like so i can have a token for you that'd be created for you by all means get a hold of us at all of our platforms we'll certainly make sure our listeners and our audience know about you and we'll certainly put you out there to the greater community as a whole and price point wise because i did say this varies i've personally seen custom art as low as headshot as low as 25 for headshots that that is getting that's on the lower end but you can go all the way up to almost an innumerable amount of money, depending on what you're after. I uh, watched, I actually saw some really amazing work that somebody did where they did it for a storyteller and they did it for all of the characters in his campaign and they did multiple sets and layouts. It was really amazing. I'm sure that was multiple hundreds to possibly a lot. Sure. So yeah. the big variable price point there that you can work with. Yeah. But essentially there's going to be artwork at a price point that's going to fit the budget that you're putting Correct. out there. You can find day. one. You can find, you can afford custom art these days. It's not okay. like finding that one painter in town anymore. There are so many artists in the world being connected by this wonderful thing called the interwebs yep. that you can find good quality custom art now without spending an insane amount of money. Yep. And in whatever style you want to, there is there is somebody out there that does the style of art that you're looking for your characters or for your loved one's characters or whatever. Definitely make sure to get out there and check it out. So, My other item for players, sorry, I did acknowledge I stole a twofer, but I'm going to throw it out there for my other item. <laughs> my other item for players is a little bit more practical and it's come up a lot with a couple of people in my own sessions and myself. And that's Don't underestimate the power of a gaming headset. And I say that because when you're playing in the digital space, being able to be heard 
and hear well with a decent microphone and decent mute capability is essential. There are people who are still trying to do it with like an iPhone plugin and it works, but you will get such a better result out of an actual gaming or communications headset. And they vary in price from 20 bucks or so for some of the cheaper end corded ones to multiple hundreds of dollars. Corsair makes a great headset. And in terms of getting specific, I can recommend the Corsair Void RGB Elite cordless gaming headset because it's what I used for four years before I started podcasting. And then it got heavy use for two years and podcasting and recording with you Mm -hmm. gentlemen all the time before the mic finally started failing on it and served me well. I happen to know two other people of our Patreons who record on Corsair headsets. One's the same model as this one and one's a different one. They're both very happy with them, but there's so many brands out there to choose from. If your loved one's working on an iPhone headset or something that they're using for their phone and their computer or just an old set of folding ones, pick up a new gaming headset. You think of them for computer gamers, But it's not just, we're all computer gamers now. It's not just video games anymore. D&D, role-playing, Rifts, any other RPG you play is now a computer game also. So that's another great option that you can find. A price point that'll satisfy any budget in. Nice. Nice, nice. All right, gentlemen. I think we have time for kind of a lightning round. Let us dice to the ready, and then you get one minute to go ahead and talk about one more cool thing. Big money, big money, no whammies. Six. Uh, eight for me. All right. Louis Nico, you go first. All right. One minute. One minute lightning round. I've got. What do I have? I wanted to talk about, again, subscriptions. There are lots of them. The Skinny Minis is one of them. Subscriptions, buying a couple months as a holiday gift of D&D Beyond or 20 if that's your VTT of choice. I think that those can be really good things. And especially if, if someone's got... If you, the person you're buying gifts for is into this game, those could be... Something like that could be very helpful if they have not done it yet. If you know your gamer hasn't found a game yet or they're looking for a way to do to join a game, I see lots of posts for, I need to find a new group. I'm not finding a lot of people locally that meet my needs or what have you. But digital is definitely the way to go. So getting them that, that, here, use this digital tool. Now you can go out and find some digital gaming that works for you is a great way to do that. Taking care for them, subscription, or even a Patreon to their favorite podcast is another thing you could do because podcasts tend to come with other benefits in addition to just being able to listen to the shows and supporting those shows. It also tends to come with other benefits. Ours, as an example, there's a monthly game. Those are the kinds of benefits that can be very enjoyable for our loved ones if we're buying buying gifts for them. So there's a lot of things out there that qualify under that. It's a very wide range, but those subscription services are a good thing to go. The last thing I would say is tickets to the show, Comic-Con, tickets to the local gaming convention. This weekend, at the time we're recording, is a catacomb. If you're anywhere near Dayton, Ohio, that's something you might want to go to. There's When convention season comes around, I'm a big fan of the IOU. If the season is not matching the time where the thing gets bought, I like that kind of thing. That Here's this to be used for next year's Gen Con. Book that ticket for your loved one so they can go to Gen Con next year. So you got the plane ticket, they get to go to Gen Con. That's pretty hot. Those types of things. Yep. Very nice. 
All right, for my lightning round submission, I have got one of the coolest things that I have seen in the addition of the digital role-playing game space. So you can get it on Steam. It's a game or an, it's not really a game. It's not really an app. It's a mix between the two, but it's a game or a, an app called Tailspire. And what Tailspire is, it's a, it is a fully immersive VTT where you can make your terrain and make your maps three-dimensional including monsters and so as your as your players are navigating it crosses the bridge between role playing game and video game a little bit but the coolest thing about it is that you can actually integrate it into your hero forge account so if you make a hero forge mini in there right and you have you have it just the way that you want to look you can take your hero forge mini and import it into tailspire so that you can all run your campaign in there and then your storyteller can make your maps and make your terrain and drop the monsters and everything like that so it, again it was like this hybrid between a video game and role-playing game because it doesn't have its own plot outside of the game that you're playing, but it's a mix between the two. I thought that was really neat and really interesting. Nice. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot no of these worries. like 3D like isometric map editors or map. Another one, Dungeon Alchemy, that just had a hugely successful uh, Kickstarter not that long ago. That are doing these the immersive type VTTs as opposed to a two dimensional map, even on a VTT. There's some very interesting things that are coming out in the digital space here. So there absolutely are. For my lightning round, this could go for a player or a storyteller, right? You can find something for truly any budget at this point. Get them some swag. Now, this is going to require you to know a little bit about what they're into, whether or not it's a specific game or some of their sense of humor, personality, the things that go into their game. But there are so many amazing sayings and various designs and graphics that you can get out there on a TV, on a T-shirt, a hat, on sweatshirts like Josh's. You can certainly try DM hat. Um, (laughs) That's also available in a gazillion different styles of t-shirt that I've seen. One of my most favorites that I've seen recently is a t-shirt that says, I'm not antisocial. I rolled low on charisma. There's so much (laughs) stuff that you could do. It's all a matter of finding something that says them to you as you look, right? I didn't ask how big the room was. I just cast fireball. I would like to rage. All of these (laughs) things can be found on a hat, a shirt, a sweatshirt, a backpack, or get into some of the fancy schmancy charactery organizer things so again we're talking swag it may not be personalized but some of the character portfolios combined with a pouch for your dice and a dice tray space for minis etc some of those are pretty hot absolutely i had a couple on my list also i had i found one in particular on etsy it was a it's a card holder basically for like magic or Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that but it is a shaped like a sarcophagus and it's like painted gold and it holds like 80 cards or four 40 card decks or something like that in it so it's it's pretty significant in terms of its capacity so yeah nicely done absolutely all right, that is going to be our show for tonight. So a couple of things for everybody to go ahead and note. First of all, there's a ton of stuff that the three of us found that was not talked about directly in tonight's episode because otherwise this episode would have been 15 hours long. Please go to ttjourneys.com. There's a blog post on there detailing all the stuff that we have found and all the stuff that we didn't get a chance to go ahead and talk about tonight. 
The other cool thing that we have done for you that's new this year that we didn't do last year, we have put together a couple of Amazon shopping lists that you can go through. So if you're looking for other things in particular, you can go directly to Amazon, check out those lists. We have one list for storytellers. We have another list for players. Go through that. And that helps the show a little bit if you purchase directly from that list. It's all set up on our affiliate page. Helps the show a little bit if you purchase your stuff directly through the list there. And doesn't cost you anything extra. But we do still very much want to support our local stores and encourage you to buy it there and support them versus supporting us. We would very much prefer that you do that, but we're also realists and we know that all of us periodically are going to order it online because that way we know it's coming and we've got it because we're busy. So when you're going to make that purchase, hey, throw us a bone, man. If you're going to order on Amazon, please make sure you use our affiliate link, but make sure you also go ahead and take that list, bring it to your friendly neighborhood gaming store so they should be able to get you everything that's on there. If you're listening to this and the game in your life has brought you to the show to say, hey, here's some ideas. That's a list that your local game store can help you with. Nobody online is going to help you with that that much. You can always comment to us. We'll help you out as best we can. Ask us questions in the comments or what have you. But definitely reach out to those local game stores. They'll help you with this with these lists. If they don't have it, that's one thing that they can certainly tell you. Yeah, Johnny comes in here all the time. He buys this. Janie comes in all the time. She's a big fan of this game, but this is the one she's been looking at. They'll help those local game stores. They will definitely help you out and get you where you need to be. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, that was our holiday gift giving guide for 2022. Hard to believe that this is the third one that we've done, but this is one of the first episodes that we did when we first started the podcast way back in November of 2020 there. Next week, we uh, we pick up our Tuesday actual plays again with our actual play of Masks, the Worst Generation. But this coming Friday... It was a good time. That was a really good time. That's coming up right up here. The uh, game put up by Five Points Games. And so really looking forward to airing that actual play. And then Friday, we begin our discussion of the last of our classes from D&D 5e, the Bard class. It took us over a little bit over a year to get through them all, but we finally hit our last one. So hope that you stick around and listen to the channel and tune in for that. And it's Thanksgiving time. So hope everyone is having a happy, safe Thanksgiving and yeah, all that and all the other holidays that are about to go ahead and come up in December. So thank you, everybody, for uh, checking out this episode. Again, please check the show notes, check the blog post for all the stuff that we didn't get the chance to go ahead and talk about tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week where we come back with Masks the Worst Generation. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Night. Good night. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash TT Journeys. You're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we did you shade and sweet water.